God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. With all the stuff that you hear about in the news, mass shootings and killings, and, and we've been praying for those that have lost loved ones and those terrible tragedies in um, Atlanta and um, where else? The uh, oh, Colorado, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's tragic, and, and we need God in these days. Some people during these times, they ask, where is God? Well, he's, he's still God. Amen. And we, sh we, we don't need to be afraid. The Bible says, do not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day, nor the terror by night. I encourage you to pray Psalm 91. We do that in our daily confessions. Um, just keep in establishing Psalm 91 in our heart, speaking that out of our mouth. And um, that's meditation when you're speaking, speaking the word. And I'm going to talk about that today. Praise God. Um, Y'all ready for the word? I want to just jump right into uh, a scripture in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. The New King James says to be carnally minded is, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Sometimes when, when people think about being carnal, they're talking about somebody living a, a wild, crazy life, fornicating and adultery and, and um, being an alcoholic. You know, they're carnal. But uh, carnal is, the word carnal, of course, that's not a good life, <laughs> and that is carnal, but it's more than that. Carnal is being ruled by your flesh, being dominated by your flesh. In other words, like if, if you are living by your self-effort or you're living by your performance instead of depending on God, that's being carnally minded. We should live life depending on God. And um, when you hear bad reports in the news and tragedies and things like that, um, we need to focus on how good God is and how good he is to us. And don't be afraid to go into Target or Walmart or wherever you go, or Kroger, and um, these thoughts can come. Well, you know, what if a mass shooter comes in there? It's good to know that we've got God's protection. Amen. And um, it's, it's, not, it's not being arrogant. It's just taking advantages of the promises that you have in God's word. You have a heavenly father that loves you and cares for you. And God says, uh, do not worry about your life. That's encouraging. The word encourages us. Jesus said, do not worry about your life. Matthew chapter 6. And then in Philippians 4, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. And, and God just doesn't tell us, okay, don't do this and, and then not give us what to do. Like we could say, God, that's easy for you to say. You don't live down here. <laughs> but no, God tells us what, what to do about it. He, he says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting the whole of your care and amplify the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all your concerns. All of us are tempted to worry, 
be fearful, to be afraid. But the Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit that makes us afraid, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Don't you love the encouragement of God's word? Back to 1 Peter, he says, cast the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Like Carla was saying, that was so good. Um, that podcast we were listening to that said, don't, don't, don't let the person that captures you take you to the second place. There's nothing good comes from the second place. Because the enemy picked out that place for a reason. <laughs> and it's never good at the second place. Don't let the enemy take you to the second place. The enemy's got a place to let, that where you can go in your mind, where you're fearful and worried and afraid. Nothing good comes from the second place where the enemy wants to take you. But thank God we're in the secret place. Stay there. We're in the secret place of the Most High. All right? Okay, let's jump into Proverbs chapter 3. And then this scripture in Romans t tells us to, to set your mind or to, to set your mind on the spirit is what? Life and peace. Instead of being carnally minded and, and see, it's up to you where you set your mind. You can go to that second place or you can set your mind on the spirit. All right, that's, that's depending on God. And today I want to talk about keys to success and there's good success, and then, then there's a bad success. Okay? We'll talk about that. But God wants you to be successful. And um, he wants you to have good success. And, and it's grace-based success and prosperity. And sometimes people's mind goes to money when you talk about success. That's involved in it. God wants you to have plenty financially, but there's other things as well. God wants you prosperous in your body, in your health, in your relationships. Amen? So, but the key is to keep your mind stayed on him in the secret place. Set your mind on the spirit. Don't live according to your own self-effort. Live your life led and guided by the spirit. It's success God's way, depending on God. See, it's grace-based prosperity is depending on God for your prosperity, not your own efforts, not your own ability to make it happen, not seeking favoritism from man. You're already highly favored from God, by God. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so um, I took those confessions out, but I think I'm going to do them. I might mess them up up there, but. Can you find those? Uh, ah, I didn't put it in the lineup. Maybe I should bypass that today. Say, I am the disciple who Jesus loves. 
I am my father's favorite child. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm well pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed. Because I am the beloved. That's all I remember. No. I, I give it a go. I am love, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, qualified. Did I say that already? <laughs> I got it all messed up. Motivated, valuable, free, determined, imp- equipped, empowered, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. (laughs) Easter Sunday is next Sunday. Invite all your friends. We got some cards for you to pass out. It also has for those people that like to pull the covers back over their head. We've got all the online locations that's on the back. But we'd like to have you come on out and worship with us. The physical house is open. Yes, we got some good stuff going on in the house and in the outhouse. Where y'all at right now? I shouldn't call it the outhouse, but anyway. Okay. How do I recover from that? Okay. Proverbs chapter 3. Awesome. Wisdom comes from God. And you're blessed when you can find it because there's some benefits to wisdom. And I encourage you to get the app. We've got a Summit Church app. If you search for Summit Church Indiana in your app store, if uh, in your uh, iOS, God forbid you've got Android, it's also in that store, whatever that store is. Uh, (laughs) Everybody knows Jesus uses the iPhone. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. (laughs) I didn't ask for any comments from the peanut gallery. How do we get off on that anyway? Oh, get the app in the app store. And we got notes that you you can take notes and email the notes to yourself. It can have the scriptures to take with you, take a little doggy bag with you. Thank you, Lord. Okay, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better. Let me back up. Everybody say blessed. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better, better than the gain from silver and her profit better than gold. That reminds me of um, when God asked Solomon 
to ask for whatever you want. And it's interesting, he didn't ask for money. He didn't even ask for health. He asked that, that God would give him wisdom. But along with wisdom, God blessed him with riches and health. Thank you, Lord. So when you find wisdom, you get all the other stuff. For the gain from her is better than uh, gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. Verse 15, she is more precious than jewels, and nothing you can desire can compare with her. Okay, I'm going to give you, if you're taking notes, five benefits of wisdom. Watch this. Long life is in her right hand. We have a promise of long life. Um, Psalm 91 says, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Benefit number one, long life. <clears throat> number two, long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Long life, one, two, riches, three, honor. What else? Boy, God wants to honor you in your life. Her ways, verse 17, her ways are the ways of pleasantness. Number four, pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. Thank you, Lord. And peace is the word shalom, which means nothing missing and nothing broken. Peace, it's, it's well-being. It's well-being. Um, it's well-being in your relationships. Shalom is, is health. Shalom is financial prosperity. And see, number one is what? Long life. Number two, riches. See, God is not against you having money. He's against money having you. So you can have money without money having you. We shouldn't be seeking after money. Money will come after us as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And rich in the Bible means abundant provision and a full supply. God wants you blessed. Now, that's contrary to what religion will tell you, that God don't want you to have, have it, to, to, you know, be broke and poor and sick and busted and disgusted, gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. If it, if, if, if it don't rain, what was that? If it, if when it rains, it pours. See, I, I've, I've just got all those expressions out of my mind, you know, because we need to say what God says about us. Confession means to say the same thing that God says. If God says you're rich, say I'm rich. Say I'm blessed. Say I'm prosperous. Say I'm redeemed. Say I'm righteous. Say I'm forgiven. That's why we say all of those confessions uh, that I messed up today. But uh, that's who you are in Christ. That's how God sees you. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You are more than a conqueror. Through him who loved you. He who did not spare his own son, but, but gave him up for us all. How will he not with him freely give us all things? All right? 
I, I didn't uh, greet y'all online. Welcome, everybody, watching us for online, all our folks on, in the Indianapolis campus. All right. We're glad that you're here today from wherever you're watching from. Um, let's look at number four, pleasantness. See, God doesn't want you to have a hard life. No, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Come unto me, all you that are labor and all you that labor and are heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon, upon you, my yoke. And he said, my yoke is easy. Okay. And some people say, well, you know, the Christian life is so hard. No, it's not hard. It's impossible. <laughs> when you're trying to live it on your own. But when you allow the spirit of God to live through you, take Jesus' yoke upon you. He said, my yoke is easy. If you're having it hard, you got the wrong yoke. The Bible says the, the way of the transgressor is hard. Yes. Amen. But we're walking with Jesus. It's not that we don't have trials. It's not that we don't have temptations and tests, but we're able to deal with them. Because, I mean, how, how do you deal with, with certain things that come at you in life? I can't imagine trying to do it on my own with my own strength. God's power and God's ability is a real thing. And we can, we can draw upon it. See, we can have peace in the midst of a storm. That's why Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat when they're saying, Master, we perish. He said, let's go to the other side. They said, Master, we perish. He didn't say nothing about perishing. He said, let's go to the other side. And even though the, the wind was, and the waves were rocking the boat, he was cooled. He was asleep. Boy, I wish I, I could have that kind of peace. Boy, if you could bottle up peace and sell it, you'd be a multi-billionaire overnight. But Jesus said, my peace, watch this, I leave with you. My peace, I bequeath to you. He said, let, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. He didn't say you wouldn't have trouble, but you have. See, peace is not the absence of a storm. When you have peace, peace is on the inside. It's a product of your spirit. It was given to you. Just draw on that, that peace. It was bequeathed to you. It was, it, it's your inheritance. And you can have peace no matter what's going on. Even in the midst of a storm, you can have God's peace. And it's the peace that, that, that human understanding can't even explain. How, how can you be peaceful when this happened to you? It's because I'm, I'm, I'm drawn on a supernatural strength that I can't explain. Thank you, Lord. Um. So, pleasantness. He wants you to have a pleasant life. 
So five benefits of wisdom, long life, riches, honor, pleasantness, and peace. I've been encouraging you to pray the Ephesians prayers. Let's look at Ephesians. We'll, we won't read the whole, uh, well, not the Ephesians prayers. You can pray both of those prayers. There's two prayers in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter 1. I've been encouraging you to pray Ephesians chapter 1 over your life that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I want to focus on one particular verse. Um, in that prayer, he says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. See, when you pray this, you're going to get revelation from God. And my assignment to you is to pray this prayer daily. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 18, 19, okay. So, ask the Lord to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you may know what's the hope to which he called you, and what's the glorious riches of his inheritance in the saints, and what's the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. You got power which is according to his great might. Now, I've been praying that over you, but you pray it over yourself. It's double trouble for the devil. And I gave you an assignment, should you choose to accept it, this is your mission, to get a, note, a notepad, a journal, or an app on your phone, note app on your phone, where you can write down what the Lord is saying to you. I don't care what happened to you in 2020, I'm believing, and I want you to believe that this will be your greatest year ever. That God wants to do a new thing in you, unprecedented things, things that you've never seen before in your life. There's hope for your future. Amen. So, I'm going to show you something very interesting. Your heart has eyes. Now, I've been teaching about that. The eyes of your heart. Um being enlightened, okay? The word enlightened in the Greek is photizo, where we get our English word photograph, okay? Um, so the Amplified says that the eyes of your heart may be flooded with light. To have a photograph, you have to have light, okay? And so your heart has eyes, and, and, and God wants the eyes of your heart. So eyes are for seeing. Okay, and you're going to have a light whew, in your heart so you can see where you're headed. And, and we're praying in faith, right? So we're expecting God to speak to us. And don't, and, and sometimes people think God speaking to you uh, is God appearing to you like, showing up in your house at the foot of the bed or, or, or um, some angel appearing to you, okay, that's unlikely. I'm talking about an impression on your heart where you can see things. And God speaks in pictures. I love it. You can, you can see things. Hmm? Because we see things all the time, but we need to see the right thing. 
They need to be inspired by the word. And without a vision, what happens? People perish. Proverbs says. That word for vision is hazon. Everybody say hazon. Okay. That means it's a vision from God. You can't lose when you get a vision from God. As opposed to getting a vision from the devil. Because the devil gives you visions. Like you go in the store and you see a shooter coming in. In your mind. But don't see that. See angels all around you. Protecting you. Keeping you in all your ways. See, see Psalm 91 will give you a picture. He gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near you. You have angelic protection. Take advantage of it. But what about your future? In that Ephesians prayer, you're praying that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened that you would know what is the hope to which God has called you. What are you put on this earth to do? There's more assignments than being a pastor like I am. See, God anoints you to do whatever it is you do. And you'll be the best at what you do. You come up with solutions on your job. See, some of you are missing promotion because you frustrated with your job. Instead, be excellent, be excellent on that job. Let God show you some things, how to turn your department around, give you ideas, and show you how to figure stuff out that nobody else can figure out. See, God will give you stuff not just for yourself, but it could be for your job which ends up being for yourself because you end up getting promoted. Sometimes promotion comes in a way that you, you, don't, you don't think. And then it's not just about you. God can put something in your heart to do something to bless somebody else. Sometimes I see myself calling somebody and I pick up the phone and call them. Just, it can be little things. Psalm 119, let's look at this. The word, remember the word enlightened is photizo in the Greek. Now, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. The New Testament in Greek. But there is a translation of the Bible called the Septuagint. The Septuagint is a Greek translation of the entire Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. And Psalm 119, uh, verse, some reason my clicker is not working. I can't tell whether I'm doing it or they're doing it up there helping me out. So the unfolding of your words gives what? Light. The New King James says the entrance of your words give light. I, I like this unfolding. The um, Young's literal translation says, the opening, the opening of thy words enlighteneth. Okay, so it's talking about the, 
the entrance of your word, it literally means to open the door. I like Young's translation, the opening of thy words, enlighteneth. ESV says the unfolding of your word. God's word, now God can give you a word by the spirit, but God's word itself is full of his own vision. I gave you some examples last week. All right. Um, now, it's interesting. The word here uh, gives light. That word light. Guess what it is in the Septuagint? Fotizo. The word for light here in the Septuagint is fotizo, the same word that we saw in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding would be fotizo, enlightened. So the word of God, you see what this is saying? The opening up, when the, when the, when the Bible opens up to you, it gives light. It gives fotizo. It'll give your heart pictures. Y'all still out there? Okay, I'm going to keep going. Don't go to sleep on me. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law. Now, think about this. This book of the law. Everybody say this. So, God is talking to Joshua, and Joshua is about to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Moses had died, and the reins were was turned over to Joshua. And God is instructed, instructing him. He said, this book. So he must have been reading the book, not just any book, the book of the law. Now, what's that? That's the Torah. That's the what's also referred to as the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So he's reading somewhere in there because God said this book. He must have been reading this book. This book of the law, he's telling him. Now, that's, that's, what, that's the word that he had at that time. To us in the New Covenant, it's the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the, the word about Christ. See, all scriptures point to Jesus. All rose in, in Jesus. But he told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Now, those two phrases are one. Shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, keep the word in your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Now, typically, what we think of meditation, uh, the English word meditation can mean to, to, to think and to ponder. But this word meditate um, has to do with muttering or speaking in an undertone under your breath. So you're not doing biblical meditation unless you're speaking it. That's why it says, that's why God told him, keep the word in your mouth. Don't let it leave your mouth but you shall meditate on it. And it's interesting that 
Joshua would spend time and take time to do this, and he's got a big task ahead of him. I mean, he's about to lead two, two, two to three million Jews into the promised land. He just took over. He just got a new job assignment, a new position, okay? And uh, obviously, he's got a lot of responsibilities. Anybody got a lot of responsibilities? And if you're like me, to sit down and take some time with a cup of tea or whatever your favorite uh, beverage or your beverage of choice to sit down and just think. See, a lot of successful people, they'll sit down and think. And it looks like they're not doing anything. But God is giving him a secret, a prescription of good success. Because how many of you know there's always something to do? You sit around in your house, you're about to meditate, and you see something on the floor. Or you see, uh, you see some, something that needs to be, some clothes that need to be folded. Oh. <laughs> right? But how do I only have three minutes left? I, this clock needs to be adjusted because it goes too fast. All right, so keep the word in your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. So with all these great responsibilities that Joshua had, he still took time to meditate the word. And right at the outset, God was telling him stuff like in the previous verses, he was saying, be strong and very courageous. Huh? God was telling him things like, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. How many of you know God is with you? That's why we can courageously live our lives, because we know God is with us. We're not alone. And in the midst of this, God is telling him not just to be strong and, and courageous, but he's telling him, keep this word in your mouth. Meditate in it. Meditate on it day and night. So here's the next step. When you're writing down what God gives you in, in your journal, speak it out of your mouth. Talk about it. And keep your mind away from negative conversation. Keep the word in your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night. The, the focus wasn't doing it. The focus was meditating. Because if you meditate it, if you speak it, you're going to do it. So that you may be careful to do according to all you're meditating in it on it day and night. Speak the word day, night, and in between, afternoon. <laughs> that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. See, you're meditating in it, so you'll be careful to do. So meditating will cause you to do it. Do according to all that's written in it, for then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I like that. He just didn't say success. He said good success. There's, a, there's such a thing as bad success. Bad success is when you got a billion dollars, but your kids won't speak to you. Nobody wants to have anything to do with you. That's bad success. But God says he wants you to have good success. The word meditate, if you're taking notes, let me give you 
the definition, it means to speak with oneself, murmuring and in a low voice, as is often done by those who are musing a period of reflection or thought. So as you're thinking about what God shows you, speak it out of your mouth. In Deuteronomy 34, 9, and this is right before Moses died and turned the reins over to Joshua, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, see, even though, don't miss this, Joshua was full, say full, full of the spirit of wisdom. One of the things we're praying in the Ephesians prayer, that you would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And God said, in, now, he was full of the spirit of wisdom, but God still said, said meditate the word. You still need the word. Even, even when you're full of the spirit of wisdom, you still need the word of God. Psalm 1-1. Y'all getting something out of this? <laughs> blessed is the man who walks not in the council. See, God wants you blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word, and on his law, or on his word, he what? Meditates. That's the same word. Meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does, no matter what you do, whether you're a banker, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a doctor, whether you or whatever, in whatever occupation you're in, whether you're a plumber, he prospers. Electrician, he prospers. Whatever he does, all that he does prospers. Notice how meditation or is always associated with profiting or prospering or success. All that you do, regardless of your occupation. Look at 1 Timothy, till I come. Give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Now, this is not talking about reading your Facebook posts and social media, Instagram. See, um, reading is a lost art. Some folk like to get sound bites from from the news and sound bites from social media. But take time to read the word of God. Paul told Timothy, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands, of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Back to the Septuagint. The same Greek word translated meditate here is is the same as Joshua 1 in the Septuagint. 
So this is the New Testament equivalent of that. So meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that you're progressing. See, we've seen three verses, Psalm 1, Joshua 1, where meditation is associated with prospering, progress, success. The word progress here means advancement to change for the better. God wants you to change for the better. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to profit. He wants you to change for the better. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for your word.